Fulton County Library System presents Checking Out Fulco Library. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Checking Out Fulco Library's podcast. I'm super excited about today's guest. She is a friend, a former colleague, and a very, very important jazz radio show host. Everybody welcome Masani. Hello, Rachel. Happy to be here with you. You know, it's so interesting. Um, as I was looking for content, I was looking at, you know, what does the month celebrate? Like we know that February is Black History Month and March mm-hmm. is Women's History Month. But right. I was so interested to find out what March 1st is. So March 1st is National Black Women in Jazz and Arts Day. Did you know that? This is something it is relatively new and I'm excited about it because I hope it will expand, you know, into more than one day. But it's great. So yeah, before I ask you, you know, pretty much how you feel about that day as a black woman, I want to know about your career as a jazz radio show host. Okay. Well, I'll try to keep it short. But um music has always been a huge part of my life. My dad was a part-time musician and jazz was always a part of everything. Parties, fun. But you know when you're uh, become a teenager, you kind of reject the music of your parents and grandparents. So I had my time away from jazz, but I also had my time in music. I was um in the band. I played the trombone. But at my school, me too. Oh, you did see So, but you know, they made us choose. They made you choose whether either you could play an instrument or you could sing. And I wanted to sing because just the kids that I knew that were singing were doing more traveling and doing, and that's how I got to tour Europe and do some other great things. So that's the start. That's the beginning. So let's fast forward way to, you know, um, because I'm from New Jersey, but ended up in Georgia and, um, uh, some friends of mine and I started a small jet nonprofit called E22. And we did monthly events um, celebrating jazz artists and using local artists to, we'd have this really cool events. And, you know, so that was just a taste of, you know, putting together events. And that's where I got to meet Atlanta's jazz community, right? So fast forward from there, I end up at Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm doing um, managing customer service and fundraising and doing, you know, all kinds of stuff. And our deputy director just came to me on a whim and he just said, hey, I know you love jazz just because he would walk by my office and hear the music playing or whatever. So he knew I love jazz. He said, would you like to learn to do radio? I need somebody to back up our jazz. So I was like, yeah, of course. And so the, the host, the existing host was actually the programmer at WCLK, Atlanta's jazz station, Bill Clark rest in peace, because he trained me. And after a month, he said, girl, you don't need me. He quit. And they gave me the show. And they let me make it my own. So that was in 2001. I turned it into the jazz spot. And I had four hours to stretch out. And I played every kind of jazz I could think of, because I knew we had a wide audience at Georgia Public Broadcasting. You know, what we didn't have was the city of Atlanta, but we had the rest of the state and surrounding states. And I heard from people from all over. They loved the show. And um, what I did was I I took, you know, because it was an NPR station, so it had to be about edutainment. You know what I mean? So I took the calendar I just did education about jazz artists, events, all kinds of stuff. I had 
because of the facilities at Georgia Public Broadcasting. You know, we had a beautiful uh, performance studio, so I got to have live performances in studio that I recorded as specials, and um, I just, it, it went by so fast. I met so many artists, um, did so many cool things. I got to host at the Atlanta Jazz Festival. I got to host at the Savannah Music Festival for years. I hosted their um, Swing Central competition that was for high school students. And um, it was just amazing. I could talk all day and all night, but just to encapsulate it, I was on the air of Georgia Public Broadcasting for 14 years doing a show called The Jazz Spot. And it was amazing. And you know what's so amazing, Rachel? That I left GPB in 2016. I still hear from people who say they missed the show. Where are you? I want you back on the air. And I'm like, I am on the air. I'll tell you about that later. But that is so, that that warms my heart so much because that lets me know I did my job, you know? You did. And speaking on like personal experience, being that I worked with you at that time, I heard nothing but good things. And I was kind of, you know, intimidated because it, <laughs> it, it was, you were so big. Like from my perspective, I was like, mm -hmm. everybody talked about it. And it's like, this is her thing. And she created it. And, you know, every, and, you know, I handled the social media. So I read the mm -hmm. comments, like people absolutely loved you. So we do look forward to talking about what you got going on. Okay. But I did want to <laughs> go back to um, the National Black Women in Jazz. So as a Black woman, you know, we have so many different strikes as a woman, as African-American. And then it's interesting because this interview will air in the middle of Black History Month and Women's History Month. So okay. for you, how does it feel to have a day that's like specifically for us? Like it says Black women in jazz. I think it's long overdue, number one, because unfortunately, there's so many female jazz artists of color and not just not just black women, but Latino women to Asian women, too. But I know this is for us, which makes it even more special. But uh, I, I hope that when I said earlier, I wanted I hope it will expand because there's so many unsung heroes of this music that people don't know about. And I have to mention one because who knew that you and I had playing the trombone in common? Cause you know, I still have my trombone and I said, I'm gonna get a teacher and I'm gonna become the next Melba Liston. Now, a lot of people don't know about Melba Liston. She was an amazing, not only was she a trombonist but she was a composer and arranger and she was kicking it with all the guys in the 1950s. So people don't know about these artists, the great Mary Lou Williams, you know, people know, of course they know about Sarah Vaughan, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, but there's so many instrumentalists that they don't know about. So I hope this can expand and maybe expand it to a festival. You know, there's a um, Mary Lou Williams festival that happens every year. I'm sure it's been impacted by COVID, but um, something like this would um, just educate and inspire and encourage young women to do what is in their heart to do. That was the thing that I, I really loved when I um, hosted at the Savannah Music Festival for the Jazz Central you know, competition to see so many young girls playing instruments, not just singing, but playing instruments. I think sometimes women are relegated to the piano and to being a vocalist, but there was like little teeny girls with a big giant bass and they were just killing it. I was like, oh my God, it was just amazing. And it gave, and it inspired me to keep doing what I was doing. So um, I think it's an exciting opportunity to 
expand the minds of our people and let them know they're so you, you're not bound by um by stereotypes and the thoughts of others or how those categories that they put us in because um we're amazing i'm just gonna say it like that I agree. And it's so, I love the fact that you did play trombone or you do are about to start back playing trombone because as women, like that's one of the last instruments people think that we pick mm -hmm. up. It's so mm -hmm. quick to be like, you play clarinet or, uh, um, flute or you play the or, flute. You can play the flute. Yep. Yeah. I always but. love to tell people, guess what I play? And normally they always say like, <laughs> I'm a dancer or a clarinet. It's like, no, I got the long arms. That's what that's for. right? That's there. right. And I don't, I don't think people understand the beautiful tones that can come from a trombone. So mm -hmm. there you go. We might have and to that's become what I'm a duo. Ask. Oh, I would love it. Let's go back. To, <laughs> let's go back to school. I still have my trombone. It's a little beat up, but okay, it's we're gonna find a rock. teacher. We're gonna find a teacher and make it happen. <laughs> so one thing I was gonna ask you, in your opinion, what do you what do you think makes jazz so enjoyable? Mm, that's a hard one. And I guess I can only speak for myself because um, there's so many opinions about this music. But when I think about jazz, I think about one, it's the soundtrack of American history. You know, you think about it from the early 1900s moving forward, you know, and you can mark time with the, with the music, you know, and a, a great example of that is if, if somebody wanted to spend the time to see it, if they haven't seen it, Ken Burns Jazz, it really shows that, you know, but also that our, when I listen to jazz, I hear triumph and um, majesty and genius and beauty, because think about, you know, artists in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, the world was really, you know, no, no worse than it is now, I guess. But, you know, the segregation and, you know, how they were treated as second class citizens more so than we will ever even wrap our heads around. You know what I mean? But still, they were, you know, still did their thing. They they excelled in their craft. They showed up beautifully and um, they left us some great music to uh, still enjoy that is evergreen, that never goes out of style. Who can really say that they can do that? I mean, musicians today, no offense, but their music will not stand the test of time that this jazz music has. So I agree. When it, for me, it's enjoyable because it's wrapped up in all that history, but then it still sounds good and makes you feel good. And uh, it just it just fills me up. So because of all I agree. Of I think it's something very um, classy and sophisticated about it. Like, mm -hmm. I remember when I go to my dad's house, he'd always have the jazz music playing in the background. And mm -hmm. he was so clean and neat. And he was a reader. And, like, he, he was a very sophisticated man. So, like, mm -hmm. it just kind of went with the, the ambiance of, like, mm -hmm. wherever he was. So that's kind of right. why I always feel like fancy people listen to jazz. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Fancy. I love it. So you have a special connection to the library. Tell me about it. I do. My mom was a librarian. So um, before we moved down south, and even though um, I found out our family origins are in Georgia on my mother's side, but um, in New Jersey, my mom was a librarian in the small town that we lived in outside of Newark called Vauxhall, New Jersey. And then we moved to Plainfield where she went to this bigger library, just huge library. So books were always a part of my life. Um, I started reading when I was like three. And um, it's just really, um, 
important. If you would come to my house, I have books stacked everywhere, including lots of books about jazz. Well, can you recommend a few? I can. I happen to have some right here. So look, for the beginner, I'm going to recommend Blues People. Let me get that uh, light off of that. This is by Leroy Jones, also known as Amiri Baraka. But this is like the, the basics, the foundation to know where this music came from. It came from us. And this is a fantastic book. Um, now, since we're talking about the women, and Billie Holiday is one of my all-time favorites. Sorry for that light on this. But here's one to start with, because, you know, there are lots of books about Billie Holiday, even her um, autobiography, you know, Lady Sings the Blues. But, you know, it was like ghostwritten. And it's, and I've heard that it was just a lot of um, made-up stuff in it. So this is a cool book because it's called The Many Faces of Lady Day. So, you know, Billie Holiday was very photogenic. And, you know, she had all these different looks. They said she was doing... Black is beautiful before it came into style, you know, because she would mix, she would wrap her head, she'd wear like African style earrings and just, she just had a lot of different looks. But also this sort of tells her story. There's also a documentary about this, um, based on this book, The Many Faces of Lady Day. And I think it's on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. So here's the last one. This is what I'm reading right now. So Look up this uh, this pianist. His name is Hampton Hawes. He has this really interesting story. Somebody needs to do a documentary on him. But the book, and he's a, a West Coast artist, because, you know, we think about most of our, the jazz artists that we know, everybody's from the East Coast. Well, he's a California artist. Hampton Hawes' book title is called Raise Up Off Me. Don't you like that title? That's enough, to, that's enough to, to get you started. But this is what I'm reading right now, because... When I was doing the jazz spot, you know, like I said, I would use the calendar and I also had my fingers on some really great resources provided by NPR at the time. They don't do it anymore, but they would make these CDs for um, the stations called um, jazz, jazz riffs. So what it was, was all these NPR stories about different artists and music and reviews and all this cool stuff. So I, that's how I learned about Hampton Halls. I'm like, who is his brother? This is a great story. I'm not, not going to get into it, but just remember, Hampton Halls, Raise Up Off Me, great title. Needs to be a t-shirt. And read the book. <laughs> of course, read the book. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. I'll make sure to check it out. I do like that title. It mm -hmm. feels like it sets the tone. Oh, yeah. What going for. <laughs> very interesting story. And there's some connects to him with John F. Kennedy, too. So very interesting. Well, thank you for that. Sure. So finally... Um, we want to know what is our favorite ours, our favorite <laughs> jazz radio show host. What are you up to now? What can people look forward to? Well, what I'm doing right now, when I left GPB, um, man, I think it was like maybe a month and I got a phone call. Uh, hey, I need a Latin jazz host. I was like, okay, because a good, like I said, on the jazz spot, I played a little bit of everything. So um, I'm now doing a Latin jazz show called Latin Soul, the Latin Jazz Edition. It's a block. It's a, actually a five-hour block of Latin music. I do the jazz portion. And you might remember this name, Gila Gonzalez. She used to be on the radio at GPB doing a show called Latin Beat. Gila does the bilingual oh, yeah. version behind me. So Gila and I um, just knock it out at 
I got to tell the station, it's KPVU. That's at Prairie View A&M University in um, Prairie View, Texas. And, you know, uh, Prairie View is one of our most distinguished HBCUs. It's been around for a really long time, and they have some amazing stuff going on there. And I was just honored to get the call from the station manager, John Hughes. And um, I've been there since 2016. So I've been doing that show for yeah, going on six years. Yeah, so it's fun. I mean, it, it actually it's it was exciting for me because even though I knew Latin jazz, but not like I know it now. You know what I mean? Right. So I had to really drill down and learn, and um, I we get great response. So that's what I've been doing for the last few years. And uh, who knows? The sky's the limit. I'm always um, you know, open to do. Anything related to jazz music. I love it. So we're going to bring back the jazz spot. We're going <laughs> to get our trauma lessons going. Yes. Yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> well, Masani, thank you so much for interviewing with me. And it's so great to see you again. I'm so glad that you're still doing your jazz radio and living your best life. And I love that you have such a connection to the library. Yeah, and I that it influences you so much. It does. Yes, indeed. Without without a doubt. So thank you for this opportunity, Rachel. And just so great to see you. And thanks for thinking of me. You know, I appreciate it. Of course. It. Well, I appreciate you. And we will have you back again soon. I'd be honored. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fulton County Library Systems Checking Out Fulco Library.